0: John the Viking Mauser here with the Get Strong or Die podcast. Today my guest is Evan Singleton. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? All doing great. Uh, So you said you're in uh, Canada today? Yes, sir. Very cool. And uh, where do you normally reside at?
1: Pennsylvania in the United States.
0: Very cool. Um, so you, uh, You've done a lot um, Recently uh, I don't know where to get started at. <laughs> so um, Let's start with Let's just start with uh, From the beginning um, How did you get into uh, Strongman and doing all that
1: It's funny because after I was a professional wrestler for the WWE And I got a uh, very serious Head injury Which kind of resulted in the end of my Wrestling career so after that, I went into a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a, a depression, dark place. I started losing all my motivation to exercise. Uh, I wasn't cleared to exercise by my neurologist, so like my diet just went to went to trash, and I lost all my motivation. I was really really low on myself. And when my neurologist finally gave me the okay to start exercising again, I uh, I made the commitment to myself that you know what, I'm going to lose all this fat. I'm going to get really really shredded, and I'm actually pursue bodybuilding so that's what I ended up doing I went back to the gym I trained six days a week for hours and hours and hours I stuck to a very strict diet for about seven months I ended up losing 140 pounds and I got up on stage and I I ended up taking third in my first bodybuilding competition ever now (laughs) After I got done with uh, after I got done with that, I made I made the conscious decision. Okay, well, I did bodybuilding and it was fun. I'm glad for the experience. I'm glad that I proved to myself that I could do it. With that being said, that diet was terrible, so I never want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so after after that, I said, okay, well, I would like to do something competitive that is. But it's weightlifting related. So in my mind, it was either powerlifting or strongman. Mm-hmm. So I found a powerlifting and strongman gym in my area. I went in there. I took a tour of the place. And there was a guy doing log. So I ended up talking to him for 15, 20 weeks. And uh, I want to say about a week into... Uh, my, my strongman training i was like oh, yeah this is this is it this is it for me i'm really i really like this and then i kind of solidified a little bit more once i did my first competition i was like yeah this is what i was meant to do
0: very uh so what was your first competition
1: my first competition was uh north carolina's strongest man last year in 2018 the the open category had a giants live north america for for qualification for the first the the first place and only first place and i ended
0: up taking first place so i went to giants live north america for my second oh wow very cool very cool stuff so um Let's, let's rewind a bit. Uh, pro wrestling, tell us about that. What's that? Uh, pro wrestling, tell, tell us about the WWE and pro wrestling and how did you get into all that?
1: Uh, well, it's uh, it's funny because I made the commitment that I wanted to be a professional. I'm, I'm very big into commitment. And um, if I have my goals set on something, I will, I will pursue that to death. I will... Put everything I have into it. So when I was in high school, I made the commitment that I wanted to be a professional wrestler. Actually, to get to the WWE. We, uh, well, I, as soon as I graduated, I found a wrestling school and I ended up traveling to, <clears throat> excuse me, the closest wrestling school that had any kind of merit or training program or anything like that was in Philadelphia. And from where I was, that was probably an hour and a half drive. I would make that drive four times a week, three times for training, and then once for, for a show. And um, I, I didn't really progress that much. I didn't really progress that much in, in the amateur Professional so I never actually performed in front of a crowd, but before I went to the WWE, but a buddy of mine actually came to the trainings and he was like, wow, you, you have a pretty good physique. You're very young. Uh, you have a lot of potential. Uh, do you mind if I take a picture of you and take down some of your information? I'll send it to my buddy. I, he works at WWE. I was like, okay, well, what's the worst that can happen? So. I said, fuck it, why not, whatever And he did all of that And I got a phone call about a month later Offering me a week trial Down in WWE training facility in Florida All expenses paid uh, for, So for I went down there for a week I showed him what I had to offer um, I tried to present myself well And Sure enough, maybe a month or two after that, I got a call offering me a three-year contract. So I got signed to the
0: WWE when I just, just turned 19. Oh, very cool. That's badass. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, my brother and I we did we did pro wrestling for a, a brief period on um, in, in the independent circuit. So that's pretty cool to hear your, your story there. Really? Yeah. Yeah, both of us. I did not know that. Yeah, he did more than I did, but uh, I, I think I think I probably did shows for, you know, maybe four or five years, and then uh, he did a little bit more than I did.
1: <laughs> That's cool. Small world.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, let's jump back back ahead. So, you did your first show, you did, uh, <clears throat> and you qualified for, um, you said Giants Live, right? And, yeah. Um, Yes, sir. Kind of, where did it go from there?
1: Well, after, um, John, I ended up coming in eighth place because although I had the strength to get top three in that competition, I just, I didn't have the experience. And I, now, now that I am and done some of the things that I've done, it's kind of obvious that the experience is so necessary. um, uh, but Lawrence Chalet was a perfect example of this because he came up to me after the competition and he told me that I'm going to be a very dangerous competitor once I get a little bit more experience under me. And I heard that from a couple of different guys too. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, I think I just made a lot of mistakes. I don't know if it was necessarily the experience thing. And now that I'm where I'm now, I am now, I would agree with that 100%. The, that experience was like... That experience was, was invaluable. It really was and all the competitions that I've done myself and, and like doing local competitions just to get a feel for it and mixing my training up a little bit. Now that I know what to expect in a competition mindset, getting my body right, just everything across the board. That
0: experience is really invaluable. Very cool. So, um, let's get, let's get into some, your training a little bit. Uh, do you have a system that you prescribe to or or how how do you kind of structure your training for this stuff?
1: Um, I actually have a coach that does that for me. I'm I'm working under Adam and Kim Burks. I'm very, very very happy with them. They're both very technical. They're very sound. They're very personable, too. It's not... they, They write... A little spreadsheet program and just sends out to all their athletes. Like they write something specifically for me. So kudos to them; they do great. Um, typically, typically what she has me working on primarily would be uh, uh, sets of eight five to eight to help me work on conditioning and I have my heavy days where I do sets of three or five or whatever to really help build the strength but they're very very particular ones. so I tend to do a little bit higher reps and obviously I do a lot of my accessories that's anywhere from that's anywhere from 10 to 20 reps yeah Per, per set of accessory work, So they're very big into the... And that works for me, too, because of the bodybuilding background that I have. A lot of the bodybuilding exercises I did was anywhere from 10 to 10, 20 reps. So, um, yeah, just really focusing on muscle contraction and really just hammering out all the is Like, for for example, my my press wasn't the best, so you'd be doing out-of-the-wrap a lot, and that got me up to, I would say... I would. I'm confident in saying at least a 200 kilogram log,
0: 440 log. Very cool. Um, um, so uh, when you're when you're training uh, with your with your bodybuilding background, um, this is this is something that I, I see a lot of in in the gym. Um, usually, it's people without coaches, but uh, people will be doing their assistance work or their accessories or whatever. You know, single joint movements and they will be just killing themselves doing it, right? Like trying to just pile on weight, doing, doing skull crushers, yeah. you know, or, or whatever whatever single joint movement. And, and I've noticed um, with a lot of the pro guys, uh, you'll see them in videos, and, and it's relatively light. Um, even compared, like I see guys in the gym that will never be pro, Using more weight on assistance exercises than guys that are already pro. Um, I, I was wondering what your what your thoughts on, yep. on that are, and and should you really be blowing your load on like lateral raises? <laughs> you know? So, can you talk about that a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
1: no, I agree. I agree with that one hundred percent. If you're if you're a professional at this point, you should understand that the accessory work isn't something we need to throw at you. Just a stupid amount. Wait on and just more your load on all of that. You should really, uh, you should really focus on the primary lifts: uh, the overhead, the squat, the deadlift. All of that at the beginning of the workout, in my opinion. And then once you get to your accessory work, you should really, really focus on the muscle contraction and really squeezing that muscle. Say, for example, you're doing, uh, say, for example, you're doing a bicep a dumbbell bicep curl. You shouldn't be throwing your shoulder into it. You should be swinging backward. You should really concentrating on keeping your shoulder in place then only at the elbow really concentrating on that squeeze in your bicep to really work those muscles and then immediate and then just a slow descent back down you want to exercise those muscles not blow your body out
0: yeah and i think it's important um with with the bodybuilding background i think you're probably a lot more um like in tune with that than a lot of people would be because um, because that's kind of how yeah. you, that's kind of how you train for bodybuilding right uh, focusing on all those things the contractions yep. the, the the time under tension and all that sort of stuff um you know it's funny that most strength sports are kind of linked together in, in a way you know there's there's a lot of bodybuilding yep. to be done in strongman and, and and the other way around so that's pretty cool um, oh, yeah. um so you're doing sets of uh eight uh do you do a lot of volume or is it kind of like lead up to a top set of eight or or what kind of um what kind of system are you using for that
1: typically leads up to the competition. Um, I want to say maybe three-ish weeks out, three, four weeks out is when I'll start upping the volume. Depending on if it's a, a rep or a max event, say that it's log, clean, and press each rep, uh, four reps, I would say that it would be more of a volume training thing there. Um, about four weeks out, I would get used to the comp weight. Uh, whatever it is, let's just say for example, it's like the Arnold oh, Barcelona. It's like four hundred. Um, I'll get a program that says, "All right, just get clean both reps, and just give me a double." All right, fair enough. And then leading up to the the competition, it would be working on my conditioning and my form for the clean and press. So I would be doing sets with. Uh, uh, 320, 340, 350, and then maybe cap it at 365. That's about as heavy as I would go, and then drop it down. Maybe do like 2 200 pounds, 220 for for sets of like
0: 10. Just blood flow the week before the competition, and that's it. Cool. So, um, correct me if I'm wrong. So, you said if the comp, if the competition weight was was 400, that you might get up to um, around 365 in training.
1: Yeah, that would be about two weeks. That would be about two weeks before uh, the competition. And I would say about four-ish weeks prior to the competition, I would go up to comp weight. I would get that confidence mentally that I, I'm able to hit this weight. I'm able to do this for reps. It's not a problem for me. I can lock this in and then the rest of it is just kind of perfecting the the, the two, the double that I did. It would be kind of really solidifying, like adding on to anything and adding on to anything that, that I would need to add on to.
0: Cool. Yeah. And, and this is something that I, I have a I talk about a lot, um, is, uh, on the amateur side of things, <clears throat> I, I see a lot of athletes are obsessed with the competition weight and, uh, and they want to do this competition weight week after week and just mess with that. And I, I think it's detrimental. I think, um, because the competition should be heavy, right? So if you're messing with, if you're messing with that competition weight every single week, that's gotta be detrimental. Would you agree with that?
1: No, that's. I feel like that's such a terrible way to train, and and I'm I'm not throwing shade at anybody. I'm really not. This is just my personal opinion. I think that if you're really training complete every single week, your body is going to take a shit on you. Um, come comp day, you're you're going to feel terrible. It's just, it, it's just not smart. It really isn't. It's not being smart. You're killing your longevity. You're 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 Basically, shooting your your central nervous system like like you're destroying yourself every single week and not giving your body any chance to recover. It's not smart. That's not that's not what you do to be successful. It really isn't.
0: Yeah, I would agree a hundred percent. But it seems to be um, it's a pretty common thing. I think, um, uh, like I said, especially in the amateur circuit, you don't see it in the in the pros because well. They're pros, you know? um, but you see it in the, yeah. the the amateur all the time. People are doing this and, and subsequently a lot of people are, are injured all the time too. Um, and uh, right.
1: I think that's more of a, that's probably more of just an ignorance thing than anything because you see it so much in the amateurs as opposed to the pros. They just, a lot of people just don't really understand that like like they get that they get that worried feeling of this is what it is in the competition so I need to get used to it I need to make sure you can do it all of that and and that's fine to do that like once but to just murder yourself every single week and not giving your body the the, the the time that it needs to recover that's just not smart training it's
0: really not yeah and I think um... I think too there there are different uh, there's a there's a larger spread in uh, uh, I'm going to use the word talent uh, a, a larger spread in talent in the amateur than the pros I think it's a lot easier for the pros to use comp weight because you you guys are all pretty close in strength um, in the amateur circuit it's it's zero to a hundred. And um, for some people to say, "Well, I'm yep. going to do comp weight," like it may not even be doable, or it could be dangerous to even be trying it, you know. And it, it's like a thing that you should be training for to maybe hit that PR at the competition, versus something you should be trying to get used to doing weekly.
1: I I, I, can, I can definitely respect and understand that. And if I was to program for somebody who had that genuine concern. <clears throat> about being able to hit comp weight or it would be a PR and then honestly I would program them differently than I would program myself or, or how I, how I would have, uh, Adam and Kim program me. I would definitely take that into account. So this is def- the whole trying comp weight is, is it's along the lines of what you said, we're all pretty close in strength. So that's kind of how I program If Uh, if I'm taking into account the amateur leagues, and again, like you said, where it's all different types of levels of strength, if there's somebody who has a genuine concern about the competition weight, I wouldn't have them try that in training until it was actual competition day. So that way, it could be a PR.
0: Yeah, I think more people need to uh, to kind of kind of understand that. Um, that's one of the big problems I see, especially leading into like um, you know nationals or something. I mean, and nationals is traditionally uh, pretty heavy and uh, a lot of people just get so obsessed with that. Yeah. And then it kind of ruins their performance at, at the competition. Um, right. But, uh, to change gears here, what, what do you have? What do you have going on? What's, what's next for you? Competition wise.
1: well, as far as I'm aware, I would love to per- personally, I would love to do the Arnold, uh, the Arnold Santa Monica in California, um, I haven't received an invitation for that, so I'm kind of looking into that. But if that doesn't work out, as far as I know right now, the only competition I'm getting ready for now is World Strongest Man 2020. Okay. Just going back to the drawing board and with my training and working on my base for everything, just building my base strength, just really just hammering out all the weaknesses that I have so that I can bring the best version of myself to that competition so that i can make the finals and make a name
0: for myself very cool um so let's uh, rewind a little bit and um which uh which show did you win your uh pro card at
1: i don't have my pro card
0: No, Matt. actually okay so this is one of those interesting things all right so tell me about this what's that uh tell me tell me about tell me about that um i mean you're you like you said you're going to worlds and this and that and you don't have a pro card i always find this really interesting so yep. i want to i want to hear your side of the story on I, this <laughs>
1: um i believe that uh I, I made a pretty solid impression that when i went to giant slash of america it's all the Professional, the pro straw man promoters and all of that. I like to think that I made a pretty. This is just my opinion, but I think I like to make a pretty good impression on people. I like to show people that uh, I, I can be very, I can be humble and all of that. I, I, I just want to show them that I care a lot about this. I took my life's blood into this. I work really hard. I'm dedicated to this 100. percent. But more than anything, I'm a very serious competitor. Like I'm not somebody to be overlooked taken lightly because I'll pull one out on you. Um, I think I showed that even in my second competition ever because after Giants Live North America last year, I did uh, a couple of local competitions just to get some, some experience that I was telling you about. And, uh, Out of nowhere, I was given an invitation, um, I actually received an invitation to compete in the Arnold South Africa, the Arnold Pro South Africa, so, obviously, I jumped, I jumped all over that, I was, okay, absolutely, I'd love to compete in all pro shows, yeah, where do I sign? Um, so... I ended up going there. I ended up coming in top 5 after a little bit of experience and building all my up a little bit and uh, starting to get the 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 my hands around like what's how this kind of works and all of that. I've been doing it for a little bit now. Now that I'm to get into my groove um, I showed that coming in top five getting to the top six finals and doing the log test in front of Arnold that was pretty cool um, I'll say that that kind of solidified me it's like okay well maybe he is maybe he is one of the one of the pros maybe he should be up there maybe he should maybe he should uh, be considered one of the greats uh, of the modern straw man. so and I don't that just throwing that out there that's just loud but after that I was given the opportunity I was given the opportunity to be an alternate and a tester for the world's strongest man this past year so I actually went to Bradenton, Florida where I did all of that actually even a backup ref and timer for, for that just kind of uh, just being in the mix, just, just being around the right people and then showing that I'm dedicated to it and all of that and after that I actually received another invitation I believe that this was because I did been Fairly well at uh, South Africa for being known. I got an invitation to go to uh, Warwick, Canada, and uh, compete in the Arnold Canada. And I actually took third one. So every competition so far, I've just been doing better and better and better. I think that, again, that kind of solid, I, think, I feel like I earned a lot of people's respect when I did that, because uh, still kind of an unknown face, too, too many people are aware of who I am, and all of that good stuff, so it was nice to go to a pro show and get podium, get a nice trophy out of it, and, uh, and yeah, and then I received my invitation for Giants Live North America this year which i went to and i ended up winning which is how i qualified for the world's strongest man 2020 very cool so the competition that i went to here where i got eighth place with no experience and he did he made a lot a lot a lot of mistakes worked hard i got my experience and i came back the following year and now i'm the north american champion
0: very cool that's awesome um <clears throat> yeah so uh there's been uh there's a lot of, uh, I'm not gonna say a lot. There, there's a fair amount of um, guys that uh, I think like the Hage brothers, for example, they, they uh, don't have their pro cards and, um, uh, but they're obviously they've competing at the Arnold and, and um, a bunch of other of these larger pro yeah. shows. Um, can you uh, tell us how that, how that impacts some of your decisions and whatnot? Cause I know without it, you can't do certain shows. Like I think you have to have it for America's strongest man and a couple other things. Um, does does any of that matter to you? And what are your right. thoughts on that?
1: Um, not necessarily right now. I do know that getting my pro card would be a little bit easier to get invitations to Arnold Pro shows. So that would be that would be that would be nice. But at the same time, if I could manage to if I can manage to keep getting invited to Arnold Pros based on performances at competitions, and then on top of that uh do really well and with a strong stand and all of that then i don't really necessarily need my pro card with uh if I can manage to win the North American Championships and qualify for the World's Strongest Man, I think that I've solidified my spot as a very serious competitor. So I don't necessarily feel like I need the pro card to kind of validate that. I feel like I've already even done that with my performances. So honestly, right now, the going out and actually getting my pro card, I feel like kind of be on the back burner a little bit to making sure that I'm prepared for the World's Strongest Man.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that's awesome. It's a a great attitude to have about it. Um, And uh, I I think, you know, it's all about, in my opinion, it's all about the performances. Um, And I I think there should be some sort of, uh, there seems to be some sort of system in place. uh, Because obviously you're beating pros, you know, if, if you can beat a pro... You should probably be one. <laughs> so um, I, there need, probably needs to be something done about that. I, I think that's that's kind of a, just a funny odd situation. But um, it is it's very cool that you can you can go on without it, and as as long as your performances are are good enough, you know. <clears throat> um, so do yep. you? I know you're you're getting trained. You have a coach or whatever. Do you also coach people? Is that something that um, that you do?
1: That's actually something that I don't do yet, but I'm looking, looking into it because I feel like I would be really good for it. Um, the, taking the fact that I'm qualified for the world's strongest man and that's not something a lot of guys can say that they did, yeah. um, I feel like that's a good act. After- yeah. yeah. My my coach is the world's strongest man competitor. And a lot of people could say that. But if you take that part out of it, I feel like I would be really good at personal training because I'm very personable with people. Um, I'm very, despite how I look when I'm competing and I'm like super like like angry in the, in the, in the zone and all of that, I'm very approachable. I'm, I'll, I'll talk to just about anybody. And obviously the gym is, just, it's what I do. <laughs> the gym is just that, it's just my life. So um personal training is something that i've actually wanted to do for a little bit so I'm, I'm looking into getting certified and all of that so hopefully i can pick up some clients soon uh, and start wrestling with that because i'm tired of working in a dirty warehouse and, and beating myself up before the gym for four hours <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i can understand that <laughs> um So, uh, back to, uh, something you said earlier when you, uh, like when you went to worlds and you were helping out and volunteering and, and, uh, you know, helping officiate and all that. Um, and, and, and obviously the, the promoters noticed that sort of thing. And that's, that's one of the, um, when I've talked to other, uh, pros on the podcast, they've talked about that. Um, that's one of the key things to getting invites to certain shows is to show, uh, a commitment and professionalism and, and the promoters, they want that. They want to know that, Hey, I'm going to invite this guy. And if he says he's going to be there, he's going to be there. He's going to show up. Um, He's not going to have a bunch of excuses and and they'll be willing to help out and they're good for the sport. Um, Can you tell us a little bit um, more about that, especially from your perspective and, and how important is that to kind of be professional in, in that situation?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it really it really does come down to just uh, it really comes down to just showing the promoters not 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 being overly pushy or anything. Just honestly, just be honest and and and, and carry yourself in a way that shows that you want to be there. Like for example. They, for example, they brought me to World Strongest Man as an alternate and a tester, and they came up to me after all the testing was done. The competition started, and everybody that was competing didn't get hurt. So thankfully, so uh, until the competition started, but. So, I wasn't like subs, I wasn't subbed in, and uh, so everything was normal, and I, my job there was pretty much done, and I was just gonna stay for the competition and watch and all that, and uh, I, I offered to help move some equipment, I helped, I offered to be part of the crew, and they actually approached me and asked me, would you like to be your backup ref or a backup timer or, or something like that or anything anything like that? I said, yeah, absolutely, Like without even hesitation, just, yes, I would love to help, I want to be a part of the product, I want to be a part of the competition, I want to be a part of this, this is what I want, this is the whole reason that I came here in the first place, I want to be a part of it, so that's something that they notice at that level is how dedicated you actually are to it. It's something that they pick up on. So just carry your, the only advice I would say for that is just carry yourself in a way that shows that you really truly want to be there. Like, this is what you want. You want this badly because people, the right people will notice. That. Mm,
0: very cool. And, and then on the other side, um, Uh, you know people want um, an entertaining performer Um, uh, do you think that do you think your experience with uh, pro wrestling has helped with that and just um, the, the way you go out and you do things
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be any kind of disrespectful with the laughing. It's just lately I've had a little bit of shade thrown at me for how I compete in front of a crowd. So that's why I was laughing. But, uh, um, yeah yeah pro wrestling has definitely uh helps me in certain ways when it comes to competing because i i like to have fun i like to go out there i like to put myself out there i like to i like to show off to the crowd a little bit i, I enjoy doing that and it's not meant to be this this wildly respectful thing towards any competitor or promoter or announcer or anything it's 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 all in good fun i'm as as much I'm, as much as I am there to compete and be serious and win, I'm also there to put on a show and to be entertaining. And I want I want to bring more people to the, the, the crowd. I want I want to start filling seats up. I want to make strongman more popular. And unfortunately, a lot of guys don't understand that if you're going to go out there and every single guy is just lift the weight and then just walk off, there's that's. That's not fun to, like, a normal, casual viewer. Like, you need to have some flair. You need to have some excitement. That's just how I look at it. But that's uh, that's just how I compete. I compete with a little bit of showmanship. That's just who I am. It's not fake. I mean, it's not... I'm not forcing it. That's just how I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually... I agree 100%. I think if um, if if you want a crowd and you want... Strong man to make money and you want it to grow there needs to be a spectacle <clears throat> and um, it's, it's very easy to create a spectacle with the person and their personality um, in, in addition to the equipment and what you're lifting and stuff but I think that's very important and I think you're right I, I don't know um, your exact situation with it but I know that a lot of people are very opposed to it for some reason, and I, I just, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't really get that.
1: Yeah, there was one guy that made the arguments on, on my live videos that was, was about me. He made some kind of comment regarding, uh, uh, straw man has the reputation of being very, like, like refined and, and professional and all of that, and that I was kind of ruining that and, and giving the sport a bad name. There was, I won't name names, but that was along the lines of what he had to say, and to that I kind of say, well, there's no... There's, you have no real reason to say that I'm not professional, or that I'm not like committed to this. You have no real standing to say that I'm ruining the reputation of strongman. All I'm trying to do is is make it more entertaining so that it brings in more money and it grows as a sport as opposed to just, like, being calm and, and not really showing too much of yourself. Like, make, make the experience for not only yourself, not only for the other competitors, but the fans, personable. Let them know who you are. That's what I have to say to that. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: I'm not, <clears throat> personally, I don't think I'm diminishing the reputation that Strongman has at all.
0: No, um in fact, you know, I mean, strongman especially professional strongman, um has is deep rooted in, in a circus background. I mean, you, you don't get any more uh yeah. you know I yeah. I I just I don't I don't understand where people are um where they get that from. You know, may, maybe Olympic weightlifting is very reserved and whatnot, but a professional strongman should be somewhat uh loud and in your face, I think. Um, because it's a show. I mean, people refer to it as a show. Uh, it's, it's, it, there's an entertainment aspect to it. <clears throat> um, yeah,
1: I, I couldn't agree more. I just, don't, I just don't understand why you say that you would want the sport to grow, but then don't make any progressive steps towards
0: trying to make it grow. I just don't, I don't get that mindset yeah for sure and I also think that um, you know if somebody's claiming that that's unprofessional I I think I actually think it's the opposite because if you're willing to go out there and um, you know I mean it may come natural to you but a lot of people they may have to uh, create a character to to do that but but that is professional because you're adding to the show and if you want that reserved professionalism that's what you talked about earlier you know helping out with the show and helping officiate, helping move equipment and showing that you're committed. Yeah. The, the two have to be separate. Like you don't want to be playing the character in the background, but you, you know, you put on a show right. to the crowd and then you, you are helpful to the promoter behind the curtains. And I think, I think you, you have to be able to do both of those. And it seems like you're doing a great job of that. Um, if you really want to be successful, Brian you know
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, you, 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 essentially, you have to know when to turn it off and when when to keep when to flare it up. I know a decent amount of uh, no, I won't, I won't say that. There's every, every everybody in strongman that I've met is very nice, obviously with couple, the exception of a couple of guys. And with those a couple of exceptions of guys, they just don't know how to turn it off. They don't know how to they don't know how to shut their mouth. They don't know how to they don't know how to be very respectful. But um, like. On the competition floor or behind the scenes so that's that's something that you really, you, you, you need to know you kind of need to know or at least try to learn how to do is that if you're going to go out in the crowd, you're going to be the bad guy, for example, like, and you're going to talk smack and you're going to grab the microphone and say, it doesn't matter what you think or something like that. Um, You need to understand that you're flaring that for the entertainment and you're not, you're not going backstage. And if somebody, somebody gives you a critique on your form or something like that, you need to be able to say, you, you need you need to be able you need to be able to say yes like like please help me with my form help me with with making myself a better athlete and then just saying i don't need to listen to you whatever you say doesn't matter like that's the wrong mindset to have you just need to be, be able to know when to fall off essentially
0: yeah i think uh that's very important i think <clears throat> um i think more people uh, especially more pros should should talk about that um because, uh, you know, the, the amateur circuit is so different from the professional circuit. And, and you're kind of thrown to the wolves when, when you get to that level. And nobody's really talking about that aspect of it. Um, I think it would be interesting to see if, if a lot of pros would come forward and talk about it. And, and I think it would make transitioning uh, for a lot of people a lot easier and better. And, and I think that would help grow the sport as well. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I agree. Um, uh, so anyway, let's uh, let's change gears just just a little bit again. Um, how many shows uh, have you typically been doing um, a year per year?
1: Um, well, because I started doing uh, all of these pro shows and I started getting invited to these pro shows on top of the amateur shows that I did earlier in the year for the experience. This year, I have done. 4 I've done four competitions so far this year um, if I was to get an opportunity to do another one I would so that would be five but you got you got guys that you got guys like Alexi Novikov, Let's talk, uh, Novikov. I was talking to him at World's Strongest Man and he does like like, like 15 10-15 comps a year that's Outrageous! Like that's crazy, and and the more power to him by any means. Just to, like keep that guy's to the minimum. <laughs> uh, I typically do, like, like I, re- I haven't really been in the sport too long to say that I typically do this. Every, like, I'll do this amount of shows every year. I haven't really been in it too long to give that exact estimate because I'm not at the top of the mountain yet. So I can't, I'm at a position right now where I can't really decline an invitation to a pro show because I would like to get invited back. So whenever I get an invitation, I accept it and I, I, I go for it. So so there's that and um, so far this year I've done four and Santa Monica comes through possibly five but I don't see myself competing in the Worlds next year but I get a random invitation to a pro show, so I would say four
0: very cool yeah I was just wondering because um, you know I've had a lot of pros on the show and um, there's different uh, schools of thought I've had some say hey I do two a year and that's it and then um you know, I think uh Brooks Sosa likes to keep it pretty low uh three two or three a year if she can and then but I had Travis Ortmeyer on and he'll do one every week, you know. So uh oh my God. <laughs> so I just uh I find it interesting to see what the uh the different mindsets are and what people um what people want to do. I, I think a lot of the time it boils down to, uh, you know, pay. I mean, you know, you, you, you theoretically you can get paid for the shows and if, if you want to, if that's going to be your career, you know, you're going to have more shows, more money. Um, so i think it kind of
1: really comes well that is that is that what that was the main reason why uh novacall when i was talking to him he told i was like why do you compete so much like that's that's a, that's a little excessive and he said well it's because i need the money yeah. oh okay well yeah that makes sense i guess that's fair i can that.
0: yeah i mean it, it's crazy um <laughs> to think you know but I've done a lot of shows I, I've went, um, I've done, you know, certain years where I just did one. And like last year I did, uh, 13, I think. Um, but that, that was a bunch of different stuff though. I did, I'll, I'll do all kinds of stuff. So, you know, that was like Moss wrestling and grip sport and all kinds of stuff. Um, but I did. Oh, kind of- okay, okay. Yeah. So I'd say half of those were, uh, full on strongman competition. So I probably did six or seven and then the rest were, uh, Moss wrestling and sumo wrestling and things like that. But, um, you know, I think if you pick your competitions too, if you can kind of look and see what the events are and how yeah. tough it's going to be. And, um, yeah, you know, like there, there's that one pro show. I think it's it's got it's like ten events. I mean, that's got to be rough. You know, if you're, you can't do stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it's
1: eight <laughs> events, and I felt like I got hit by a truck after that was over.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm sure that's brutal. you you know, <laughs> I can't imagine doing that. Uh, and then, you know, like two weeks later doing another one. That would that'd be rough.
1: <laughs> yeah. One week to recover and then one week to train the implements. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. Uh,
0: so have, have you had a chance to do um, uh, any of the combat strongman stuff, Moss Wrestling or uh, Pole Push or Tug of War or anything like that?
1: No, but I would love to. I would love uh, to, to give that a try. I think that would be a lot of fun.
0: Very cool. Yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of mixed opinions um in strongman, uh, on both amateur and pro, on the combat stuff, um, I'm a huge fan. I, I love it. I think uh, if it was if I had things my way, and obviously I don't, um, I would have a I would have a combat event at every show. Uh, but, yeah, I kind of know how you feel.
1: It's it's funny because when I was in Manchester, I was giving Darren Sadler a little bit of crap because uh, I used to be an amateur wrestler and I was I was damn good at it too, and. Uh, I was like, all right. So, who do I need to talk to to uh, bring wrestling back? To the world's strongest man. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> no, obviously, I understand
1: why because of injury and all of that. But I just always think that's funny. Like, uh, I always every time I see him, I'll bring it up at some point. Like, hey, is wrestling going to be in Worlds this year? Yeah. But uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would be cool. I mean, and back to the circus performing strongman, all of them, I would I would say ninety percent of them uh, did some version of wrestling or boxing, and they would put it in their shows. They would challenge yep. all comers and do all that. So there there is a, a pretty strong history of wrestling in um, strongman, and and I think there could be an argument that maybe like pure wrestling, uh, you know, there's a lot of tech, technical stuff and technique, and you know. Uh, but when you dumb it down, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. When you when you dumb it down to like sumo wrestling, or not 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 that sumo wrestling is any a lesser sport or anything, but but there's a lot more rules. It's a lot simpler, and or moss wrestling. It's pretty simple. Um, I think those things are are great. Uh, uh, Ways to get that co- combative stuff back in without it being too technical, and to see the stronger person's probably going to win in Moss wrestling, the stronger person's probably going to win in sumo wrestling. So, probably, yeah, yeah, I think those are great options, and I would love to see yeah. that stuff uh, come back. and, and I'd, l- I'd love to see you, uh, you know, get in there and, and do that. I'm sure that would uh, pull some of that pro wrestling back out. <laughs> I, th- I think you'd be pretty entertaining with that stuff. <laughs> Oh, I think so,
1: too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, very cool. So speaking back to pro wrestling, so you said you had a uh, uh, an injury, and that's kind of why how you um, got out of that. Uh, do you want to talk about that and uh, uh, what your injury was and how, how that kind of came about?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I was at a live show in, um, in Tampa, Florida, and uh, this was... <laughs> I don't know. This was maybe my seventh, eighth time in front of a crowd, so I was still very new and all of that. And uh, God, uh, at the very end of the match, I was scheduled to get choke slammed, and that was going to be the three count. And the move was performed improperly, and I ended up landing on the back of my head instead of across my flat back of my shoulders. I landed on the back of my head, and my head bounced up against the mat. And it actually gave me hemorrhage in the left side of the brain. So I was bleeding instead of my skull. And to this day, I still don't remember, like, maybe a month, month and a half after that. It's all just black. It's gone. Um, still side effects that I suffer to this day. Um... Just a decent amount of stuff that I that I have to deal with. Uh, neurologist said that there's a decent amount of stuff that you'll probably have to deal with your life because there's science just isn't in on on brain recovery yet. And I was I was very thankful that I was given the green lights for exercising again by my neurologist because. She was very concerned that lifting weights would put pressure on my brain. So I'm very, very thankful that I'm able to lift weights. But as far as any kind of contact, like, uh, I sign, I, I, uh, any kind of real contact is something that i, I really have to avoid because then you know, i just made it clear that if i take another hit like that chances are my wound could reopen and i would bleed into my skull until my brain would compress and then i would die so zero contact ever pretty much wow
0: that's that's, that's pretty crazy and uh if people don't realize how uh dangerous pro wrestling is i think um Pro wrestling's got to be, yeah. like, top ten most dangerous <laughs> things to do. Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. People will assume
1: that it's not dangerous just because it's it's predetermined. Right. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much what it is. Because there's no, there's no actual competitiveness. They assume that there's no danger. And that's not even remotely true.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, I think it was Mark Bell, he talks about uh, powerlifting and how there's a 100% chance of injury if you start powerlifting. I think um, if if powerlifting, if powerlifting is a guarantee, I don't know what pro wrestling is because it, I think it's way, way more dangerous than yeah, lifting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, it, and it could be anything from a brain injury to a torn ACL. I mean, it, like there's just yep. limitless possibilities of injuries. <clears throat> um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how long were you in uh, pro wrestling? Then uh, this is a pretty pretty brief in the WWE, right?
1: Yeah, it was only about. I think I got hurt ten or eleven months into my career. And I was under contract for a full three years, but I didn't wrestle for the rest of the time being in my contract. So I would say probably about 10 months.
0: So, and uh, how does that work um, in the WWE when, when you have an injury like that and you're out? Um, are, they, are they pretty cool about it, or how does that work? No. <laughs>
1: no. No, they're not. <laughs> they're... they're They look at it purely from a business standpoint, you're not you're not a person, you're a paycheck and they kept paying me, but they weren't I wasn't performing in shows or or training in the ring or anything like that. So yeah, they were a bit less than cordial (laughs) is what I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I
1: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't the pleasant starry-eyed experience that i was hoping for when i first went down there let's put it that way
0: yeah <laughs> uh yeah so i've actually had um i don't know if you're familiar with roy sims but he's the he's like he's probably the best um sumo wrestler in in america and he had a tryout at the wwe they invited him down he did like a tryout thing or whatever. Um, he kind of decided it, it wasn't for him. Okay. Um, I think a lot of these sports. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people that, that go into to pro wrestling or come out of pro wrestling. Um, there was that. Uh, there was that strongman. Um, I don't know if it's his real name or not, or not. But Strowman, right? Didn't he come from strongman and went into? Uh, oh yeah. The WWE and stuff. And yeah. uh, and then of course like Bill Kazmaier back in the day. I think there's there's definitely some kind of. Uh, some kind of link there, um, which, which you think would make it much more. Oh, yeah,
1: that, that link is Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is still holding on to the uh, the 80s and 90s, uh, uh, the 80s and 90s mindset of what a professional social media would look like. Uh, Vince McMahon loves big guys, and Braun Strowman's like, what, six, eight, six, nine, Yeah, he's maybe like 3'80". Yeah. yeah, so that's uh, i be I would be willing to bet that that was Vince McMahon's project that he pushed to the moon, and now he's late. So, yeah,
0: yeah I think there's definitely some uh, some crossover there, and I think it it should be much more obvious that um, there should be that that showmanship in strongman. Um, uh, obviously, they're getting it on the WWE's end. They they want these giant strong people to do stuff. <clears throat> but uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, yep. guys like you, and, and will kind of pull that in and, and start making, um, you know, adding a little more entertainment to the shows, and, and really help grow the sport. <clears throat>
1: That's what I'm trying to do, honestly. I really, like, like, at the end of the day, I have my selfish reasons for what I do for Strongman, and then I have my my, my larger goals for Strongman. Personally, um, and myself, the selfish aspect, I want to be successful. I want to show that I'm one of the best in the world. I want to show that I am the best in the world. So I'm, I'm working towards winning the world's strongest man i'm going to make that my life goal um and i have the belief and the confidence that it will happen one day now with that being said those are my personal for me selfish reasons i also genuinely really love the sport of strongman and I want to do whatever I can to help the sport grow, not only in the United States, but just in general. I want a strong man grow and I'll do what I have to, to grow.
0: Very cool. Yeah. I think that's important. I think, and I think that's what's necessary. And, you know, I know you're not doing it for this reason, but the bigger the sport is, the more money pros will make. And, and, um, you know, I think it's just win, win, win for everybody. Um, so we're about out of time but I want to I want to do some quick questions um, and uh, see uh, just here real quick at the end um, what's your favorite uh, strongman event that you've done so far Uh, I like log
1: I like yoke and uh, loading races I like I like I like yoke because there's just something about saying, yeah, I put like a thousand pounds on my, on my shoulders and I just run with it. I think that sounds pretty cool. Um, my log steadily keeps going up and up and up and it's an overhead press. So I'm taking something from the ground and lifting it over my head. I think that's pretty cool. And, um, loading races, I really enjoy because I enjoy the cardio and, um, the athleticism that it takes a lot of guys kind of fail once they start getting stronger and stronger and stronger they let their athleticism fall a little bit i pride myself on my athleticism and my ability to move as a big guy so uh loading races are always really good for me plus my experiences with amateur wrestling i'm i'm very good at manhandling dead weight so it's a good event for me
0: yeah um i think the uh the athletic thing is is very important um and and again i think that comes back to the show um i think it's it's cool uh for people to see athletic people running around and doing stuff even though they're they're huge you know i think for the crowd they don't just want to see uh a bunch of fat guys slowly meandering around. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's it's way cooler to watch a giant dude run and grab something and throw it than to watch somebody waddle around. And you know, um, that's just my opinion. Yeah. But, uh, I think, and I think it's great that that's coming back because there was a few years recently where that was dying, and now it's coming back. Those it was guys, all static. Yeah. Uh, and guys like you and, um, and, and, uh, I'll probably butcher his name, but Clyde and Martins and like, you know, you guys can move. Um, and that's very cool. And, and 300, 300 plus pounds. That's very cool. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, uh, what about, uh, grip events? Do you, are you a grip guy? Do you like grip stuff?
1: I do like grip stuff um i've noticed that my grip is going down a little bit but uh uh as as because of the whole hercules whole manchester i get a little bit not as good as i would have liked but it is what it is um i think i have a pretty solid grip it's not the worst grip by any means um I like doing grip stuff. Um, I like to just throw like, I'll throw like four or five hundred pounds on a doublet bar, pick it up with no straps, double overhand, and just hold it for as long as I can just to see where I'm at. I like doing stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Um, what's your least favorite event?
1: squat <laughs> if i can if i can do any like a competition where squat is not an event i will be so happy i'm, I'm more than happy to never doing a squat event i hate squats so
0: much <laughs> but, but now do you do you train squats in the gym regularly
1: absolutely yeah that's the important thing is if you want to be if you want to be at the top of the mountain and you want to be the best you need to not have weaknesses so that's why I'm my squats and getting trying to get good with them so that way that I don't have any weaknesses
0: yeah i, I think the squats that show up in competition uh, especially for you guys the pros it's always the most miserable setup <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah yeah they're not nice <laughs> no they they try to make it uh, pretty rough <laughs> even those even those machines
1: yeah those, i think they succeed too
0: they, like they have those squat machines and and they like drop the weight in and you just see it like hit and they every, oh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh god that sucks Ugh. Yeah, it, look, it always looks Yeah, right. I'll be all right if I never
0: have. <laughs> very cool. Um, all right, well, we're about out of time. I want to thank you uh, for taking the time out of your day, uh, especially since you're since you're on the road and, and you're traveling and stuff. It's cool. Um, I want to thank you very much for that. Oh, no question. And um, maybe um, we can get you back on uh, closer to World's Strongest Man and see uh, – how training's going and, and and what's what's going on leading into that. Um so I'll I'll probably contact you at some point once they've announced that and uh see what you're into.
1: Okay. That sounds good to me.
0: Very cool. Um and uh yeah you're in Pennsylvania. We're down here in West Virginia. Feel free to to drop in sometime and uh and say hey. All right, all right. I'll work that into my schedule. All right, yeah. <laughs> hey, we got We got a great strongman set up, so if you want to come down and, and do events or, or something, uh, just just uh, swing on in and, and look us up. Cool. Um, again, All right, sounds good to me. I want to thank you again. Uh, this has been John, the Viking Mauser, uh, Evan Singleton. Get strong or die.